Praise the Lord. Thank you. You can bring it down. Thanks a lot. Come on, give all our volunteers a big round of applause, guys. Come on. Praise the Lord. All the discipleship school students, you guys are going to feel like you're in on, in on the message before it gets preached because a lot of it is going to be coming from what we've been learning over the last couple of weeks. So all the discipleship school students, we want you guys to answer the questions when we uh, throw them out there, okay? Are you guys ready? Okay, okay. That's pretty confident. The next thing I need to make sure is, can you guys see the board? Can, if you can't, like, uh, Gerald, uh, it's, it's Jerry, right? Yeah, don't you want to move over a bit? It's just so that you can see the board. I don't want you guys to miss anything. Because we're going to talk, be talking about some very interesting stuff this morning. Current, current events. I know we just finished the series, um, Law versus Lord. How many of you guys enjoy that? Did it bring clarity about the law and grace? Amen. Lots of clarity. Only one person. That's amazing. At least, <laughs> at least you got it. Praise the Lord. <laughs> oh, I turn to person next to you and say, man, you've got to be alive in church, man. What's up with you guys? Hey? This, this, does it look like a, a monastery? Does, I don't know. Uh, does are, it look are you guys like still know from worship? Was it like nice and sweet and intimate? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> awesome. Grant's joining us this morning. And Bash is on his way. He's just landed. He's 10 minutes away. He's from, coming from the airport. And he's like, you're not leaving me out of this one, dids. I'm coming. So he shall be. This is not for the Holy Spirit. Okay. <laughs> we went to go do praise and worship at a church once. And they told us no one's allowed to sit on the chair over there because it's for the Holy Spirit. We were like, these guys are spooky. That was, that was very funny. Actually. But anyway. Our, our, our blessed brother, Quinton, he's, he's you know, late now. Shame we miss him. He actually went and sat in the Holy Spirit's chair. Yo, By accident. That, 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 if there's one thing about Quinton, you've got to love that. You know, he's, <laughs> he's ignorance, but it was such an innocent ignorance. <laughs> yeah. you know? it, was, it was beautiful. They're they plonked on the Holy the, Spirit's chair. And people were... It was really funny because <laughs> we were all singing and playing, and then there was this catch on the back of the stage. And we're all worshiping and whatever, and, and Quentin's like, he's getting uncomfortable, and he's looking at this couch, and he's playing, and then eventually he sits down and he's playing, <laughs> and everybody in this church is like, give me a dog, give up, give up. And we're like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And then eventually someone came running up to us, whispering in our ears, that chair's for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Your bassist is sitting on the Holy, he's like, he's sitting on the Holy Spirit's lap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amen. What, could, could you get... A more beautiful picture of sitting on the Holy Spirit's oh, lap with your head on his chest, listening to his heart. Come on. Amen. Mm. Hey, this reminds me of Jesus, you know, when the disciples stopped the children from, from going to him. And he said, no, come, let, let them sit on my lap. Oh, it's exactly. so beautiful. Exactly. So beautiful. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to ask Grant to open up in prayer and ask a quick one. And then we're going to get going because I know Grant can pray for you three hours. So, <laughs> so we're going to open up in prayer and then we're going to jump straight into the word. I've got a video I want to play to you guys. Brace yourselves. Amen. You ready? Do you want to swap out the chair? Because it's going to make people laugh. Awesome. Let's close our eyes. Close your eyes and bow your heads, everybody. Thank you, Father, for this beautiful morning that you've blessed us with. Every day is such a blessing to live with you, Father. We thank you for what your son did on the cross for us that allowed your Holy Spirit to come and dwell in our hearts as the down payment, the down payment for that blessed hope that we are waiting for, Lord, and that we are going to speak about today. Sure, your presence is just, just so overwhelming and beautiful. We love you, Lord. 
But Father, for the sake of the service, I can stay here in your presence and pray. We're going to make it a quick one. We love you, Lord. We ask that you open up the hearts and our minds so that we may receive what is going to be spoken today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, give him a big round of applause. Awesome. So, has anyone here ever heard of the rapture before? As a believer, I'm sure everybody has heard of the rapture. Can you just put your hands up? Awesome. Anybody know what the rapture is? It's a disappearance, huh? No? What is it? (laughs) Yes. Okay. But, you know, um, obviously through the ages, uh, it's been taught through the scriptures. And we'll show you a couple of instances where the rapture hasn't just, it's not only going to happen when we see it on this timeline at the end of here, (laughs) but it has happened before and it's even going to happen after the rapture of the church. But before we get there, I mean, there's uh, a lot to, to quickly get through so that we can set, set this up so that you guys can watch the video and we can talk about the blessed hope. Turn to the person next to you, look them deep in the eye and say, the rapture is your blessed hope. Rapture is your blessed hope. So obviously, as a believer, you have heard about the rapture somewhere, sometime throughout your walk with the Lord. Amen? But have you ever gone into depth and wondered... Why? I mean, why the rapture, Lord? Why would God set up a divine timeline like this, okay, where he, he, he creates man, and then he deals with the Gentiles, as we know. He tries to bless them. Everything pauses with the Gentiles because they don't want to. They eventually get to a place where they uh, erect a tower called the Tower of Babel. And this tower and city is a monument to the pride of man saying that we will be greater, so great, that even if you send the flood again, it will not destroy us. So what happens is we, we see that take place up until Genesis, from 1 to Genesis 12, 11. And that's where the Tower of Babel is, the city of Babel, and all this kind of stuff. And God, we know that God destroys it. And he begins a new chapter, which is the chapter of Israel. And he, from, from Genesis 12 all the way through to Acts, we see that God is building a nation called Israel. Amen. We know that the church is not there. So just for correction, for a lot of people who go looking for what the church must do, that's like the biggest chunk of the Bible. The church is not even there. Yeah. Okay? So from this point, uh, through, the, through the promise of the seed who will come and crush the head of the serpent, that's the gospel. Eh? You must remember from here all the way to there, that's the, pr- that's the promise. That's the gospel that was preached from the beginning, from Adam and Eve, all the way till Jesus sheds his blood on the cross. Everything and, and all that was ever passed down from generation to generation was that there's coming a Messiah, and he will be the son of the woman, the seed of the woman, that will crush the head of the serpent, and the serpent will merely bruise his heel. And that all took place on the Calvary. Amen? From that point, we realize, okay, that the the cross now is the beginning of the church age, okay, which is grace. Are you guys with me? And then there comes to the end of the church age, and he has this little point here, this appointment on this divine timeline of God called the rapture. And after the rapture, 
we have Jacob's trouble, which is not for the church, it's for the Jews. If, if you were with us, we'll go through that a little bit. I'll show you today why the church will not be in this portion of the timeline, okay? And so, oh, I'm wiping it out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Praise God, <yeah>. So, there's <laughs> this divine appointment here where it speaks of this body of people, these believers, the sons and daughters of God, they literally get extracted, harpazo, caught up, okay? In the Latin Bible, it's called rapio. We say rapture, okay? But why? Why, Lord, this is so weird? Think about it. He creates this timeline. He promises this Messiah this Messiah is promised to the Jews. Guess what? Remember, uh, I almost said Bible school students, discipleship school students. What was the promise? What was the purpose of Jesus coming? Was it for the church? Was it for the church? No. Nope. The original promise for Jesus coming was to save the Jews. Remember? And then the Bible shows us that the church comes out of the Jews. We are saved through the instrumentality of Israel. Hello? We saw in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, which most of the church believes is the Gospels of Christ, we saw that the church is not even mentioned. It's mentioned twice. So the church is a mystery to all of these people here. Hello? Mm -hmm. Remember, there's only three kinds of people when God looks down at the earth. He, says, he sees three kinds of people groups. Which are they? Jews, Jews Gentiles, and church so why all of this throughout the history of mankind this divine timeline then all of a sudden boom why ever thought of it anyone ever thought of it a lot of people are like yeah i know it's gonna happen the bible says it's gonna happen bash come and join us and um this is going to happen and that's going to happen and we know that the, the, the rapture is there. But I'm asking you this morning, why? To protect us? What else? Somebody? Shout it out. Spare us from something. Spare us from something. Rescue us from something. Amen? Why? What could really be happening after this point that is so bad on this planet? What could it be? Are you guys with me? The Bible says that in the days of Noah, as it was in the days of Noah, do you know why God had to send the flood? People think God had to send the flood because he's just, he just was in a bad mood. The old superstitious folks said God was so sad he cried and flooded the world. Oh, no. <laughs> was it his tears? <clears throat> it's his tears. But the reason why we're going to have a repeat of the flood, but this time it's different, is because God had to wipe out. You must understand, the watchers, the angels that came over, they, the Bible says that they looked upon the, the, the daughters of men, they found them attractive, and what did they do? They slept with them, they had intercourse with them. 
And they gave birth to a new kind of being that was not created by God. So there was a being walking on this earth that was a total abomination, a man-made being. Does anyone know what he's called, this being? It's called a Nephilim. Nephilim, the word is Nephal, comes from sons of the fallen ones. Okay? The fallen ones. So, angels have intercourse with women. They give birth to a hybrid being. These hybrid beings begin to overtake everybody on the earth. They go, the Bible says, that they're almost able to devour God in the hearts of men. So that means they're almost able to take God, the word of God, the promise of God, the divine spark inside of us was almost snuffed from this planet. Why? Because only Noah and his family were found untainted by the Nephilim. If you go study it out, you'll see in that in the word there for righteous, when it says that Noah was found righteous, people think that he was found righteous because he was the only one who was, you know, doing all of the, the, the sacraments and being a righteous good guy to God. No. If you go look it out, you'll see that it means he was like the lamb in his physical body. The lamb, when you brought the lamb before God as a sacrifice, the lamb had to be untainted. But it's talking about in its physical state. Because remember, the lamb is the physical representation of the spiritual lamb, Jesus. So Noah was the only one found in his physical body untainted by the blood of the Nephilim. If God did not send the flood, they would have destroyed even Noah and his family, and Jesus would not have been able to come through the lineage of men. Do you guys understand this? God didn't have a bad day. We always think that God is so, you know, so angry, and he gets painted as this, this, this God that just, you know, loses it and then wipes out and kills people. How can we serve a God like that? But we need to go and understand why. But it says, as in the days of Noah, this thing is gonna happen again. So shall it be, the same. But why this, why, why must he take us out? Why doesn't he just flood them again? Well, first of all, he's a God of his word and he gave us a rainbow and he said, never again, amen? But there's a reason why he has to take us out. Because there's going to be another type of hybrid coming in, become, mixing with the blood of man. Are you guys ready for this? <laughs> Turn to the person next to you and say, do, 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 do. <laughs> No jokes, everybody give Bash a round of applause. <laughs> he is not the hybrid, no. <laughs> so this is going to get very interesting, ladies and gentlemen, but we need to talk about this stuff. Us as your leadership in the church, we cannot avoid this thing, sidestep this thing so that everybody uh, just sits in a, an ignorant little uh, um, utopia. And then next moment, everything is, is this big surprise on you. Are you, are you with me? Yeah. Amen. So what we're going to do is we're going to play a video. 
And I want you to listen very carefully to this man. This man wrote a book in 2016, 2012. 12. This book is called Homo, so it's called Sapiens, sorry. Okay. His name is Huval Noah Harari. He's a homosexual Jew. Okay. He's a Jew. He's homosexual. And he is known by the powers that be in this world as their prophet. Okay. So the WEF, the United Nations, the richest people, the, techno, the technocrats from Mark Zuckerberg to, uh, what's the guy from Bezos, all these guys, okay? They get together. We know, we know what they call themselves. They call themselves the elites. Now these guys have a prophet. Any, anyone ever thought of this? What? Who was the prophet before Jesus? John the Baptist. What did John the, ba- John the Baptist come to do? He came to set the path straight for the coming of the Lord. So what, did, what is the job of a prophet? The job of the prophet is to come, to speak, and to ready the hearts, pave the way so that the hearts are open and ready to receive. Are you with me? I need you guys to follow. So these prof- this prophet is now, I'm going to ask everybody to stop chatting, stop looking on your phones, and to concentrate, concentrate, because this is very hectic stuff. So listen carefully. He's come. He is speaking a new way, a new world. He's casting a vision for a world to come. And the world to come is not in a distant time. The world to come is now. The leaders that he represents, like Klaus Schwab, said last year in an interview on BBC News, he said, the first, second, and third industrial revolution changed the way that we live. He said, now through COVID, the fourth industrial revolution will change the way that we are. He said, so we're not going to get some, some great new thing that's going to happen like electricity or computing power or whatever it is, but what's going to take place now is human beings will change. So listen to this man carefully. He is preaching a gospel. He is setting hearts right. He is setting the stage for something and someone and a new way to take place on the earth. Are you guys ready for this? I'm going to ask you to hit the lights, ads. Are you there ready? Well done. Okay. Let's play. Just as God in the Bible designs and creates animals and plants and humans according to his wishes. Now we are learning how to design and create life. Yuval Harari thinks big for a living. Not so long ago, he was an obscure history professor, but his 2014 book, Sapiens, changed all that. He explored the past, cramming 150,000 years of human history into 400 pages. Authority will shift. Transforming himself into a literary phenomenon. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome once again Yuval Noah Harari. Name dropped by the likes of Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, and Barack Obama. The other book that I really enjoyed, a book by an Israeli author, Yuval Harari. His follow-up book, 
Homo Deus tackled the future, elevating Harari to a sort of digital visionary. <laughs> now he's back with his take on the present day. His new book, 21 Lessons for the 21st Century, explores the influence of algorithms on our everyday lives, how artificial intelligence will affect and maybe even replace us. have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised, uh, happiness, and justice and even eternal life, but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. What are humans for? As far as we know, for nothing. I mean, there is, <laughs> there is no great cosmic drama, some great cosmic plan that we have a role to play in it. Uh, and we just need to discover what our role is and then play it to the best of our, of our ability. Uh, this has been the story of all religions and ideologies and so forth. But as a scientist, the best I can say, this is not true. There is no universal drama with a role in it for homo sapiens. If you repeat a lie often enough, people will think it's the truth. And the bigger the lie, the better. Mm. Because uh, people won't even think that oh, it's something so big can be, can be a lie. And, um, and I think that fake news have been with us for thousands of years. Um, just think of the Bible. But, there's, <laughs> but, but there is a... There is a Options that some people talk about is that um, only a catastrophe can shake humankind and uh, open the, the path to a real system of global governance. And they say that we can't do it before the catastrophe, but we need to start laying the foundations so that when the disasters strike, we can react quickly. Uh, but people will just not have the motivation to do such a thing before the disaster strikes. So the next step is we turn our gaze inwards and we say, okay, um, gaining control of the world outside us did not really make us satisfied. Let's now try to gain control of the world inside us. This is the big, really big project of science and technology and industry in the 21st century will be to try and gain control of the world inside us mm -hmm. to learn how to engineer and produce bodies and brains and minds. These are likely to be the main products of the 21st century economy. When people think about the future, very often they think in terms, oh, I want to gain control of my body and of my brain. And I think that's very dangerous. We have all these 
still myth of free will, that everything we choose is of our own free will. And this is a myth that served us well for a couple of centuries, but now it's becoming dangerous. We are probably one of the last generations of Homo sapiens, because in the coming generations, we will learn how to engineer bodies and brains and minds. Now, how exactly will the future masters of the planet look like? This will be decided by the people who own the data. Now, why is data so important? It's important because we've reached the point when we can hack not just computers, we can hack human beings and other organisms. Now, what do you need in order to hack a human being? You need two things. You need a lot of computing power and you need a lot of data, especially biometric data. But control of data might enable human elites to do something even more radical than just build digital dictatorships. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Because once you can hack something, you can usually also engineer it. All of life for four billion years, dinosaurs, amoebas, tomatoes, humans, all of life was subject to the laws of natural selection and to the laws of organic biochemistry. But this is now about to change. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds, the IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving forces of evolution. And at the same time, science may enable life after being confined for four billion years to the limited realm of organic compounds, science may enable life to break out into the inorganic realm. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. Free will, that's over. That's over. Today, we have the technology to hack human beings on a massive scale. Yeah, I mean, everything is being digitalized. Everything is being monitored. In this time of crisis, you have to follow science. It's often said that you should never allow a good crisis to go to waste because a crisis is an opportunity to also do re good reforms that in normal times people will never agree to. But in a crisis, you see we have no chance. So, 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 so let's do it. Vaccine won't help us go the to the test, of course. will help <laughs> us, of course. It will make things, you know, more manageable. Surveillance. People could look back in a hundred years 
and identify the coronavirus epidemic as the moment when a new regime of surveillance took over, especially surveillance under the skin, which I think is maybe the most important development of the 21st century, is this ability to hack human beings, to go under the skin, collect biometric data, analyze it and understand people better than they understand themselves. This, I believe, is maybe the most important event of the 21st century. By hacking organisms, elites may gain the power to re-engineer the future of life itself. Maybe in a couple of decades when people look back, the thing they will remember from the COVID crisis is this is the moment when everything went digital. And if, this, is, this was the moment when every, everything became monitored. That we agreed to be surveyed all, all the time, not just in authoritarian machines, but even in democracies. And maybe most importantly at all, this was the moment when surveillance started going under the skin. Because really we haven't seen anything yet. I mean, I think the, the big process that's happening right now in the world is uh, hacking human beings, the ability to hack humans, to understand deeply what's happening within you, what, what makes you, what, what, what makes you go. For that, the most important data is not what you read and who you meet and what you buy, it's what's happening inside your body. So we had these two big revolutions, the computer science revolution or the infotech revolution, and the revolution in the biological sciences. And they are still separate, but they are about to merge. They are merging around, I would say, the biometric sensor. It's the thing, it's the gadget, it's the technology that converts biological data into digital data that can be analyzed by computers. And having the ability to really monitor people under the skin, this is the, the biggest game changer of all. We've seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. In mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries, which previously rejected them, and we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. We are acquiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. All this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. 
it in recent years, we saw populist politicians undermining deliberately the trust that people have in important institutions like universities, like respectable media outlets. These populist politicians told people that, say, scientists are this small elite disconnected from the real people. You shouldn't believe them. And you had all these conspiracy theories that climate change is just a hoax, it's not real, and that the Earth is actually flat, and that vaccinations are bad for you, and this spread. But I don't think it's too late. Especially in an emergency, people can change their views very fast, and they can discover hidden reservoirs of trust. You look in this crisis, who do people trust? They trust scientists above everything else in, in all countries. In Israel, they close down the synagogues. In Iran, they close the mosques. Churches all over the world are telling people don't come to church. The Pope is doing all these ceremonies on, on, on Zoom or YouTube. And why do they do all this? Because the scientists recommended it. Even the religious leaders have trust in the scientists. people to manipulate people are the people like who believe in free will <laughs> because you manipulate them and they don't even suspect because hey I chose it because it's, this is my free will. We need some kind of global loyalty and global identity. Earth will be populated or even dominated by entities that are not organic, that they don't breathe, they don't have emotions, like the, the potential of AI is much, much bigger than any historical revolution. It's really a biological revolution. And now if you give the tools to start changing or overcoming biology, just, you know, think about sex life. Mm -hmm. Almost every religion and every ideology wanted to really change uh, human sexuality or limit it, but they couldn't. You had vows of chastity in the church, and how many people actually lived up to their vows of chastity? Now think, if you can really start messing with human biology, what will be the result of these sexual fantasies of different religions and ideologies? Then the big political and economic question of the 21st century will be what do we need humans for? Or at least, what do we need so many humans for? Do you have an answer in the book? Um, at present, the best guess we have is uh, keep them happy with drugs and computer games. Good evening, Mr. Harari. Thank you so much for sharing your thoughts with us tonight. My question indeed is a bit more personal. You've called yourself a prophet tonight or you, you use the I, word, I repeatedly deny yeah, well. uh... how you feel being so influential I mean <laughs> it, it, it has happened probably in the last few years no uh, yeah just again, I mean I, I'm interested in, in okay, you, you have power somehow to to convince leaders how, how you 
yourself. So I, I now have an, a, a team that is helping me deal with that. It's impossible to deal with such a thing just on just one person. So mm-hmm. people th- see me and they think I'm doing everything. I actually do very little. And the people who really work hard are my team members who uh-huh. organize this and, and, and everything. I'll send you and, a CV. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, um, and also, I, I repeatedly tell people that they shouldn't see me as a kind of prophet or guru. I don't know. One, two. How's it, guys? No need for applause after that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, welcome to the show. We've all uh, been uh, unanimously voted to be part of it. <laughs> yeah, what did you guys think of that? I heard some oohs and ahs and gasps. Anything uh, interesting that stood out for you? Eh? What an oh, idiot. What an I think idiot, we all yeah. agree on that one. He's <laughs> a clown. I think if we weren't believers, we'd use stronger words. <laughs> Yeah, and I think, I think that's a good point, is that, uh, you know, at the end they touched on his influence. You know what I'm saying? And, and I love it over the, uh, over the years, since 2019, all these guys who've come into the spotlight, you know what blows my mind is how unqualified all of them are. Gates, who does software, is doing vaccines and research and everything. Schwabs, who's a worm who crawled out of a hole in Germany somewhere, <laughs> right? Maybe he's a Sith Lord, I don't know. Those uh, Star Wars fans can, you know. But now he's in charge of the, the, the global Great Reset, you know. Uh, this guy over here, who's a historian and a professor, is now redefining what humanity Jeez, is going to yeah. look like. You, you know, all this sort of stuff. And I think uh, every one of us should get a, a sober reality check about where we are and what's going on. All right? You must remember when Hitler stood up and he said, hey, we are the Aryans. This is what a society mm-hmm. needs to look like and all that stuff. Great. That was Europe. Over here, we were like, ah, shame. Can we send something? The poor Jews, you know? Um, global yeah. reset. Global. Now, I, I know that there may be some anxiety or some angst for many of us here this morning because you were coming to hear about how God loves you and, uh, you know, the, the wonderful purpose and plan that God has for your life, which you're still going to hear about, like we saw on the board. Don't worry. It's just not going to be packaged the way that you thought you needed it. But the reality is, guys, is this is where we are, right? And a lot has happened this year alone. You know, um, I think the, the new Ten Commandments was, was it last weekend? Last week, uh, yeah. This week. 21st. 21st. Oh. No, they, 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 they released oh, the they 10? Release yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they so, released the 10. Yeah, yeah so, so I think they did it on Friday? It was Friday. Yeah, yeah. Friday or Thursday. Friday. The new Ten Commandments have come down. The Pope and some Islam guys and some mm-hmm. Jews. Jews and I don't know who Political else. Political leaders as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, they went and now decreed a new Ten Commandments, right? The, the, the green ten, the ten green or whatever. Yeah. So uh, climate change, that's what we're going to be living for. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. But what's happening, guys, and there's a lot, there's a lot that is happening under the ground, you know, and, and um, at this point in time, it's very important that we do not just become mindless consumers. If you're following celebrities, let them go. Okay? If you're caught up in virtual worlds, if you're caught up in whatever, you need to now make a decision that you need to sober up your mind. Because I'm telling you now, the overreach that they have on the digital world is what is keeping everyone blind. Okay? Elon Musk has been in the limelight for tw- in Twitter for, what, over three weeks three now? Three weeks now, yeah. Right? But what has happened in the world, politically, economically, 
and now religiously with the 10 whatever, yeah. no one even knows about. You can ask me, hey, did you see what the Pope did? Who's the Pope? What are yeah. you talking about? I'm like, excuse me? He's like, yeah, but did you see Andrew Tate? I mean, did you see Elon Musk? I'm like, guys, yeah. it's literally what he's talking about. What did he say? Video games and drugs, nice, yeah. right? Overload the dopamine, okay? This is the tactic that they're using to make sure that we are going to get caught up in whatever their plan is. There's a couple of things, key words that were spoken about in this video. I want you to take note of them. Number one was, he spoke about free will now being dangerous. He said, free will has served us for the centuries, but now free will becomes dangerous. Why? Can anyone tell me? Control. He said in the same sentence that we must now come to a place where we have global trust. Okay? So what is the point here? The point is, we've always known there's going to be a one-world government. The Bible has told us, right? A one-world monetary system with the CB, uh, CBDCs, yeah. Central CBDC, Bank Central Bank, uh, whatever you want, digital system. We always knew there's going to be a one-world church. Amen? Are you, are you guys with me? Anybody not know about that? It's all in the book of Revelations. It's all that through Scripture. And we knew that it's coming to a place where there will be a global government. Okay? So we knew that this was going to take place. And for centuries, people have said, now's the time. It's happening now. It's happening. When Nero took over, this was the time. In 2000, uh, all the computers are shutting down for, and we're going into, what do they call it? Y2K. Do you guys remember that? I still know guys who have got garages full of tin can food from that day, sure. okay? So all, the, all these times, it was now, it's now, it's now. And everybody got to the point where they're like, ah, oh, man, this is never going to happen. But what we realize now is we have the technology for this to come to pass. Yeah. Sure. Technology is now ripe and ready for them to do this, okay? So what did he say? Key words. Global governments, no more free will, it's over, he said. Then he said, new masters of the world. And he used the word elites three times. He plainly and simply said that we're going to a new digital, digital reality governed by one global system and it is backed and controlled by elites. Yeah. That's what he said. What did I say to you before the video? He's come here to prepare the way. Mm. Now we've got to ask ourselves, guys, how can somebody in this room, let's say I sat up here today and, so, and, and Grant asked me, what is the use of human beings? Sure. And I said, there is none. And you guys laugh. <laughs> did you see those people laughing? Mm -hmm. What? What? Sure. what would bring us to the place where somebody would actually say, to your face that you are worth nothing and you would think it is funny and continue listening to him. What has happened to us? What has happened to us as people, as God's children? You see, the further we have moved away from God throughout the centuries, we have, become, we have moved towards a debasement of the original creation of man. We have gotten to a place where we are so far from God. We are so disconnected from the divine that is in us that we have already and we are able to give it up to other men. 
The Tower of Babel were men trying to rule men. The angel sleeping with women was men trying to rule men. Nothing's changed. We're now going into a time where people are just going to give themselves over. Why? Because they're so disconnected from who they are as rulers, kings, and priests on this planet through who said it? The Word of God. They had to take the Word of God out of us. Not out of us, but out of society. They took it out of the schools. They took it out of the universities. They slowly but surely took it out of the courtrooms. They've taken it out. Why? For this purpose, so that man can forget who he is. So that man will be so uh, uh, debased, so depraved, so visionless, so hopeless, so carnal and natural, that when an expert like this guy, well, actually, an expert gets up and he speaks on behalf of you and your future, you just go, oh, yes, must be such a wise man. He knows what's coming in the future. Don't we realize that we decide on technology. Technology doesn't decide on us. We could say tomorrow, stop all technology, stop everything if it's going to debase our children's children's children. Mm. But guess what? We have forgotten who we are to the point where they will actually tell us and we'll give ourselves over Mm. as slaves. (laughs) And there's only one reason we'll do that. Because we don't know who we are. Through the Enlightenment age in 1800s, 1900s, where everybody ran to the universities because of Charles Darwin's theory, it began there, the onslaught on human minds, human hearts, on the divine uh, uh, authority that man has on this earth was slowly eroded since then. What did they say? They said that we are nothing more than animals. We have come from rocks and soup. Rock soup. Rock soup. It's a soup that a Dutchman in Brackpen makes. <laughs> Rock soup. Trisha <laughs> enjoyed that one. Yeah. <laughs> she thought that one was good. Rock soup. Forgive me all the Dutchmen. I'm also a Dutchman. <laughs> so they actually, what, what was this plan? The plan has always been, guys, take away from them their divine nature, their divine authority, their divine position. When God created this planet, he didn't allow rain to fall on this place. Genesis 2 said, nothing happened. Rain never fell. Nothing grew. Why? Until there was man. Because man is the authority on this earth. Guess what? Satan's trick is to turn God's sons against him. How is he going to do that? Through the occult belief All these guys that were uh, conspiracy theorists, the theory of, uh, I just said, evolution. All these scientists, all these guys, they actually believe they are nothing and they came from a tadpole. That's why they are pursuing transcendence. They are pursuing God status. Because they literally don't believe that they came from a higher being. They believe that their 
appointment on this earth is to strive and struggle and, and pursue science and knowledge and enlightenment to bring me to a place where I won't die. They don't want to die, guys. That's what this is all about. If you go study our transhumanism, it's all about becoming a God. What are the three things attributed to a God? Eternal, okay, no pain, no death, no accountability, I am God. I do not have to stand in judgment or accountability to some God out there, I am God. This is what the pursuit is. But it's being pursued by people who have no belief system within themselves that they are created in a wonderful way. Created with a purpose. You heard what he said. He said there's no purpose for us. How can a fellow human being say that about us? He said there's no purpose. Do you know what your purpose is? Your purpose was never to build skyscrapers. And, and launch rockets to the moon. That's not your purpose. Stop putting your purpose in advancement of technology. Sure. That's why everybody's just going to go, oh, chip me, chip me. Because mm-hmm. we got to go. we got to go with the flow. No, you don't. Your purpose was you were made for a relationship with the creator. Amen. You were put in a 3D realm like this so that you could experience the extension of God's heavenly family. You see, God calls the angels in in heaven his sons. And he said to himself, I want to extend my family. I want to create a family on the earth. And he put us in this realm to to enjoy that and to experience that. Are you with me? And then we were supposed to experience this thing between each other. But what we've done is, in not believing in that simple purpose, we've believed that it is higher and bigger. And we've pursued it to the point where now we are going to ascend the limitations that were brought on us through sin. See, death came into the world through sin. Not, by, not through God, through sin. So now man's trying to get out of it in his own power. Are you guys with me? So listen yeah. this is not just transhumanism. Transhumanism has its roots. Do you want to know where the roots are? This is not just technology, guys. You can't just sit there and go, oh, it's technology, it's uh, fate, that's where we're going. You can't. The root of transhumanism is the occult. The occult has said to themselves, we must transcend above certain stages of life. We must go beyond this life. Most of these guys actually read from one famous occultist. Her name is Blavatsky. She's a Russian witch. Now you guys might think this is far-fetched, but it's not. Go check it out. She's the founder of Theosophy. Theosophy. I, th- I keep Theosophy. saying it wrong. Theosophy. Theo, God, Sophie is wisdom. God acclaimed wisdom through man. And through this theosophy, okay, theosophy, 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 okay, it has been the pursuit to literally astral travel 
leave your body and take on other beings. Are you with me? It is to transcend the limitations of the human body. The root of all the technological claims and advancements is coming from the same poisonous sick heart of the occult. They do not, they will never submit to God. Do you understand? There is a small group of people that run this world. There is, they run the media, they run the governments. Klaus Schwab himself admits that he has trained up all of the key people and all the key governments around the world. This guy's Klaus Schwab's advisor. They're not who they say they are, guys. They stand here and they speak, they stand behind pulpits and they speak about sustainable development and economies and how to do this. They've got one thing in mind, and that is to control you. That's all. Now, you must understand something. The Bible has tried to protect us from this. Throughout the Word of God, God has always protected us from manifesting the most evil thing within us. What is the most evil thing in a human being? Self. Self. You see, God came to save us from self. So the Bible has always told us, pray for others, give to others, serve others. Never make your life's purpose about self. Your life will not have a true purpose unless it's about something bigger than yourself. It must be people. And it must always be connected to your creator. That's why he says pray, fast. Break down self. Discipline self. Because self in itself is the wickedness of this world. Do you understand? This is why he's given us all these disciplines within the word. Wasn't to try and make your life difficult. Wasn't to try and get you to a higher spiritual plane or to make you more self-righteous. It was to keep self at bay. Are you with me, guys? Do you follow? Are you following? So the root of evil is self. Self looks for one thing. What does it look for? Self looks for a, an experience in this body. It wants to experience Life at its most highest degree. It wants to experience uh, um, sex on another level. It wants to experience power on another level. It wants to experience all of its impulses uh, um, being fulfilled to its fullest. Are you with me? Outside of God. That's what self wants. Okay? So... What is the basis of all evil? Turn to the person next to you and say, materialism. So, what is materialism? Have you guys ever thought about it? Everybody thinks to be a materialistic person is somebody who wants to drive a BMW and a Mercedes Benz and have nice clothes and cool sneakers and whatever. Nice perfume. Yes, 100%. So, exactly that. She, she just said now that it is based on 
stuff giving you your value, okay? Why do you think all along they've tried to keep you in consumer mode? They've never want you to produce anything. They want you to consume everything. Why? Because it is the essential wickedness that they are touching in your heart. Consume, fulfill, take more. I need it. I want it. If I don't have it, I'm not as cool as the next person. Are you with me? You are on a treadmill of life trying to satisfy your flesh and it is insatiable and you will never be able to satisfy it. Amen? Materialism is the evil of this planet. Why? It rips you of your soul. Why do you think the church has failed miserably to be able to pull the world out of this place, right? Pull the Christians out of this time on the timeline right now. You know why? Because the church has become all about, you're only blessed if you have a BMW. You're only blessed if you're a millionaire. They actually told the church, they confused the church. Give your tithe so that you can get, so that you can be blessed, so that you can be this, so that you can have that. The world system came into the church. Now the church has no power. The backbone of the church has been ripped out of itself because the church has become just as much as materialistically minded as the lost and broken world. So guess what? Everybody's lumped into this thing together except for the true sons and daughters of God. Now I want you to picture this, guys. Picture this. Why the rapture? Why this this thing on this amazing timeline, this divine, why does he have to take us out of here? Because he's saying, now I want you to picture this. Picture billions of materialistically driven, soulless people, well, not even people, hybrids, that you must understand, if you go into it, they say that you're going to be connected to the one brain. They call it the God brain, eh? They call it the God brain. So you'll walk into a shop or you'll walk out into your garden and you'll look at a specific type of flower and you will picture this flower and then in your mind right there, you will actually get all the information you need on that flower in a split second. You will walk into a shop, you'll look at a pair of tackies or sneakers or whatever you want to call them and immediately up, you'll have all the information on that specific sneaker. You know, what store has it? How many of them in stock? What the code of it is? Who made it? What it's made for? Is it a lifestyle sneaker? Is it a training sneaker? You will know it in a split second. You will be connected to the one brain, the God brain. They are going to make us soulless for the purpose of consume, consume, consume. All you will wake up to do every day is work and consume. You will live for yourself. There will be no love in those types of people because it will actually give them their deepest, darkest desires, which is self. But at the same time, they will not be accountable to pain. There will be no pain. They won't experience pain in their bodies. 
Listen, if you take away pain from a man and you take away death from a selfish, materialistic man, you have a beast of another kind. Because if he knows he's not going to die and he knows he has no consequences for his actions and he knows it's all about him, himself, and him and no one else, you have a different kind of beast walking on this earth. Imagine a new type of Hitler. Imagine, we seven billion of us, imagine six billion Hitlers that are now connected to the God brain, the one brain. Do you understand what kind of planet this is going to be? Do you understand how we will consume each other? Do you understand that there will be no love between each other? Because why? The basic belief system is you have no purpose here. That's their religion. That's what they're preaching. You heard it. And guys, this is not to come. He said, this is now. He said, we're going to look back in the future to now and say, this is the time it all started. That's what he said. Did I, am I making it up? That's what he said. Do you understand why we need this? Do you understand? Do you know that they're going to get to the point where they literally think they will ascend to God's status. The Bible says at the battle of Armageddon, this place is going to get leveled. Exactly. This place is going to get leveled. If you go and study out what it says in Ezekiel in there about the, the, the battle of Armageddon, it says the hills that God speaks about around Jerusalem will become flat plains. That's the kind of disaster that's coming upon this place. Why? Because there's not going to be people looking up to God for their purpose. There's going to be a bunch of hybrids, half men, half machine, some weird and wonderful hybrid that will only exist to prove that it is a God. And the scriptures say they will literally think they can take God on. I can tell you right now, guys, that no man, even if he's a, an atheist, he knows that he can't take a nuclear bomb and go shoot it in the sky and take on God. Nope. <laughs> if he, I don't know. But can you imagine anyone could think that something so stupid? Yeah. But there's going to be a different type of being. Yeah. He said it, not me. He said the world will be populated by beings, their entities, he said that do not breathe. Are you with me, guys? I don't know if, how many of you guys have watched the movie The Matrix. Do you know that The Matrix is written by the Wachowski, well, that's right, Wachowski. Yeah, they were the Wachowski brothers. Now they're the Wachowski sisters because they've become females, okay? <laughs> but anyway, they are high up in the Gnostic church. The Gnostic church is waiting to bring about a man who they call the Antichrist, A-N-T-E, not the A-N-T-I, A-N-T-I means against, A-N-T-E is instead of. The scripture speaks of him, so there won't be an Antichrist just, there's going to be a Christ instead of Christ. Do you understand where we are going? You are not going to want to be here. Are you with me? 
You've got to make sure you have the ticket for this flight over here. Because it's the only way out, guys. And let me tell you something else. When these things and these elites that control them are literally trying to take God on, the Bible speaks of Jacob's trouble, which is not for you and me. It's for the Jews. Amen? Do you, now do you know why the rapture? We all knew the rapture had to take place, but why the rapture? And some people will say, but where do, you get the, where do you get this idea of rapture, of God taking people out of the earth? Okay, well, let's look at Enoch. Enoch was raptured thousands of years ago. Let's look at Philip. Philip was translated from one place to another. Amen? Let's look at uh, Elijah. Elijah was taken up. In, I think it said in a cloud. What was it? Look at Jesus. So people are saying, you know, this rapture thing is too much for my, my mind. Did you know that the rapture is your only hope? It's called your blessed hope for a reason. Better increase your mind. <laughs> so let's go to some scriptures that fortify the fact that the true believers will not be going to stick around. Amen? Trust me, you do not want to be here. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm already gone. I, I, I just don't understand the naivety of people who think that they can endure that. Yeah. You know, I, I know they read mainly from Matthew 24 where Jesus says that you'll have to endure to the end and then be saved. That's not our gospel, guys. We're saved by grace through faith. So either Jesus is mistaken, which he's definitely not, or like we learned in Rightly Divided, he's speaking to a specific group of people, i.e. the Jews. Yeah. You know, during that time, they're going to have to endure to be saved. And, and, and I think it's the pride in a lot of Christians, the self-righteousness that think, you know, because I've, I've had a few many discussions with quite a few Christians who are like, I can go through the tribulation. I'm like, by yourself, I mean, because it, it, it's, it's actually hectic. You know, I, I, those type of Christians don't read scripture. No. You know, they don't read Ezekiel. They don't read Daniel. They don't read the book of Revelation because if you actually read that stuff, you don't want to be here for it. But you, you don't want to be here for Good point. It. You know why they don't want to read it, guys? Because they love the world. Yeah. That's it. Their hope is still here. Yeah. They're eternal beings with a hope in an eternal, in, in a temporary place. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because, like, sometimes people hear this and they're like, oh, you conspiracy theorists. Okay. So I'll tell you what, right? I'll tell you what. Wait 18 to 24 months. That's how long it takes for a conspiracy theory to be proved true. So 2020 to 2021, somewhere there. Wait 18 months, right? Wait, wait, wait 18 months. Because, I mean, we were saying certain things in 2020, and people are like, oh, you guys in your tinfoil hats and, you know, all this stuff. Well, we're in 2022 now, which is over, and everything's true. So, I'm not saying we have credibility. I'm saying the Word of God does. Okay? And I'm saying that when the Word of God says that, listen, there is a plan in motion here to subdue and overpower mankind by a group of people who think that they are far superior than the rest, I'm saying, believe it. Because the biggest problem when we start talking about this thing is like, ah, you know, I had a discussion with someone and she was like, no, personally, I believe we have like over 200 years left, you know? And I'm like, well, that's convenient because you'll be dead and gone. That means you don't need to deal with anything in your own heart. You don't need to worry about how you need to live life of following the Holy Spirit. 
You'll be dead and gone, you know? She's like, no, 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 scripture, scripture what? Where does it say 200 years? Tell me, right? <laughs> Where? So the thing is this, guys, whatever negotiation you're making to stay in love with the world, please, for the love of God and by the grace of God, please sober yourself. I'm telling you, don't find yourself getting hurt in this thing. What, what has scripture told us, guys? Scripture has told us from the beginning, get out of the world. What is the world? The world is not the earth, the trees, the birds, and the flowers. The, uh, the world is the system. Yeah. The demonic system that Satan has set up through the evil hearts of man. Okay? It is a system. I know it's already quarter past 11. Can we get 10 minutes? Can we? When I, I flew in for this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. Let's go to Titus uh, 2.13 quickly. We just got to, we got to give you the hope. Amen? Come on. Mensa? Yes. Let's see. Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and uh, of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? This is in the scripture. What is he talking about? What is he? He's talking about the rapture. He's talking about our God who's coming to get us. Let's go to, okay, to get through this quickly. Everybody knows in Matthew 25, 20, 24 and 25, God, Jesus speaks about how the signs of the end of the times will be. And he speaks of rumors of wars and he speaks of wars and he speaks of brothers against brothers and, and nations against nations and, and all these kinds of things and the roaring of the seas, amen. And it speaks about all these things and he says, listen, it's still not the end. And he says, after all that, then the, the, the gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all the corners of the earth, okay? Now, if you come to discipleship school, every single one of you should have been on discipleship school. We know that that gospel of the kingdom is always and only preached in the Bible before the physical kingdom comes onto the earth. The first time it was preached was when John the Baptist said, behold, the kingdom of God is here. What was he saying? He was saying that the one promised through the lineage of King David is here and he's about to sit on the throne of his father David, not the throne of God in heaven, sit on the throne of his father David on this earth in Jerusalem and the righteous king is here to rule. What happened? They rejected Jesus. Jesus switched to the Gentiles and he gave them another kingdom which is in the heart of man. He allowed the Holy Spirit to come into our spirits and become one with us. As a down payment, didn't he say? Mm -hmm. A down payment for what? For the full redemption of the day that we will get our new bodies. Amen. Okay? So the Holy Spirit is a deposit and he's been deposited inside you. Everything okay, guys? Ash? Everything okay? Okay. No worries. So, now Paul, so, so this is the thing. The kingdom of God always gets preached just before the physical kingdom. So God, Jesus was saying to the Jews, he said, when you see these things, okay, this will happen, this will happen, and it will still not be the end because the gospel of the kingdom must be preached to all corners of the earth, okay? But when he speaks to the Jews, he says that they will be in a place of mourning when they see the sun coming. The son of man, okay? 
When they see Jesus, they will mourn. But when Jesus speaks to the church in the upper room in John, what does he say to them? He says, I must go. I'm going to my father's house. And in my father's house, there are many rooms, many mansions. And I'm going to go and make a place for you. And then I'm coming back. And I will bring you to where I am. He's speaking about the rapture. So there's two kinds of things taking place here. One, the Jews who rejected Christ, they will have to be here for the tribulation. Why is it called Jacob's trouble? Because Jacob is Israel. But for the church, he says, I'm coming back and I'm going to take, bring you to where I am. He's going to snatch us out. Amen. Are you with me, guys? He's talking about the blessed hope of the rapture. Let's give us a scripture for the rapture there. It is 1 Thessalonians uh, two, 4. Two, 2 Thessalonians. Is it 2? Yeah, I think it's 2, 4, uh, 17. We then we are alive and remain. Uh, or it might be 1. It's 1, yeah. It's 1. Okay, okay 1 Th- Thessalonians 4, 13, and we're going to read till 17. Can we do that quickly? Are you guys okay? Cool. Not dragging out too long. You guys are not having visions of chicken and roast potatoes and... A little bit, okay. We want to give you a different vision now, okay? You see why? You start the fasting now. Just start it right now. Okay, then we which are alive and remain, okay? Now listen carefully. This is your blessed hope. Shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. It's not speaking about the second coming where God comes to rule after Armageddon for a thousand years. See, this place gets leveled by these, whatever you want to call these new beings that they're going to create. They'll go against God in a war. They'll try to wipe out all of Israel. And the Bible says that even the valleys will be, uh, even the mountains will be brought down to the valleys. That's the devastation that will take place. And then he comes back. But who does he come back with? Let's carry on reading. Okay, we'll be to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. So never again are we never with him. We are with him always from that point. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. But of the times and the seasons, brethren, he have no need that I write unto you. Mm. Now, where we... This is going to yeah. No, we're supposed to start at 13, sorry. Mm. Thanks, Annie. Yeah, now we're going to... 1, 4, 13. That day shall not come. Such a weird feeling when you, when you start reading. But anyway. But I would not have you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep. Okay, speaking about the folks that have already passed on. Yet he sorrow not, that he sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. So he's saying, mourn after those who have left, but don't mourn without, without hope in your heart, because there is a hope for us all, okay? For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him, okay? So God's coming back with the people that he has extracted, Okay? Um, 
For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not pre prevent them which are asleep. Keep going. For the Lord himself shall descend from the heaven with a shout, and with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds, not the R cloud, the IBM cloud, okay, like he says, to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, and you heard, now encourage one another with us. Do you believe? Do you believe in the rapture? Trust me. I hope you do. I hope you do. Because what this place is going to turn into is literally a hell on earth. Hell on earth. And this is not to scare you. This is to remind you. Whenever we look to the end of times, the Bible says we purify ourselves. Whenever we look to the rapture or, you know, the, the, the antichrist coming and he's going to do whatever he's going to do in the, in the, the three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, it makes us purify our hearts because how do we purify our hearts? We put temporary things in their place. Still today, to ask you guys to support the work of, of the gospel is like still such a battle in people's hearts. People cringe when somebody gets up here and they say, hey, it's giving time. It's tithing time. What? What are you holding it on for? What are you holding on to the stuff for? When we say to you, get out of the world and follow Jesus, people can't, they, they just can't disconnect themselves from the temporary things. But trust me, if you do, not only will you be at peace and waiting with nothing that can shake you for the day that this takes place, but you will actually be available for God to save souls and change people's lives now while you can. Amen. Because you won't be so caught up in your flesh, Amen. in yourself. It's a means to an end, guys. Look at this thing. It's not going to be here forever. Stop trying to satisfy it so much. God's not trying to take things from you when he says, stop these things, come out of the world, serve the body, serve your brother and sister, give of your life, die to self. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to give you something. He's trying to give you a life inside your heart that can carry you when this thing falls apart around you. Because it's going to. Stop hoping and dreaming that Christ is not coming for another 200 years so that you can have what you want. Puh, cease, man. What's a frot ding dundit? Only something that is so self-consumed or someone that is so self-consumed. Do you not have faith that when you reign here in the millennial kingdom with him, you are going to reign in a kingdom of righteousness. No death, no disease, no sickness, no competition, no striving. You will exist in a state of perpetual peace for a thousand years with him. Is that not enough? Or do you need the big bucks? Because you can, have, you can actually have it now. You can taste it now. Amen? We can taste it now. But no one's tasting it because they don't think they need it. They're chasing after the stuff still. It's scary, guys.
It's scary how short-sighted we can become the moment we take our eyes off our eternal purpose and put it onto this world. We become so short-sighted and we actually become self-destructible. Everybody close your eyes. Should we go deeper into this next week? Because there's a lot to cover. Do you guys want to go into this? So you guys didn't get spooked, yeah? I hope you got spooked out of your flesh. (laughs) (laughs) But I I think in anticipation for next week, everyone write down uh, Robert Breaker. He's got a new video out. It's called Rightly Dividing Revelations. It's about an hour long, but please, bless your heart and go and watch that thing. Because that thing will purify your heart and give you such confidence in your heart about the goodness of God, you'll be walking around in the peace that you're talking about. Breaker. 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 B-R-E-A-K-E-R. Guys, this is a warning out of love. Get out of your flesh. Get out of it now. Mm. Amen? Amen? Get out of your flesh. When you get here on a Sunday, when you get here on a Wednesday, no one should have to try and hop you up to be happy to be here or happy to serve God or happy to read the Bible. You should know that you have nothing else. You have no other choice. The only other choice is you, your limited knowledge, and your limited little body. That's it. Please, for God's sake, get over the flesh. Amen? Amen? You have nothing else. Close your eyes. Now we love you guys and we're being hard, but we're being real. The thing that hurt me the most on that video, can I tell you what it is? Keep your eyes closed. Is that the body of Christ, the leaders in the church have let us down. Out of all of that stuff, the body let us down. Because you know what he said? He said, even the church, even the synagogues, even the mosques, all of religious leaders close down their churches because they trust science more than they trust God. That's what he said. Come on, I'm asking you to stand for what you believe. Become the son of God, the sons and daughters of God that put that man's statement in its place. You do not trust him, you do not trust his scientists, and you do not trust his technology. You trust in Jesus Christ, your Lord, your King, your Savior. Now's the time. This is not the time to get lost in your flesh. This is not the time to run after things. This is the time to purify your heart. This is the time to throw yourself into your family. Throw yourself into your friends. Get them to church. Save their lives. Help them. When this thing sweeps across the world, they are going with the current because they don't believe they are worth anything. Only the message of the gospel will give them the worth that they need to survive. I'm asking you, stop living for yourself from this moment. Live for others. Live for your God. 